All right, thank you for joining us today on another episode of No Really Everything's Fine. My name is Rin Bennett. I am the co-founder of Pi, and we are here to talk about 2023 in retrospective and 2024, a look ahead in the proposal industry. Super excited to bring everybody from the No Really Everything's Fine dumpster fire back to you today after a couple months off. Nora, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and Nicole, and then we will um, have a little bit of a chat about what's going on in proposals this year. Sure. So <clears throat> I am an APMP certified, Shipley trained proposal manager. Uh, I am a senior RFP strategist, and I think it's the 19th largest global employer uh, working in their healthcare industry vertical. And uh, obviously, I took my title very seriously today. Um, <laughs> coming at you all as the proposal John Wick, I'm closing out 2023 feeling amazing. I think at this point, I've been able to put about $100 million under my belt for uh, about the last year in pending or closed opportunities, which is really exciting. Um, and I am just super excited to talk about this today and, and what we're all going to accomplish in 2024. So I'm going to kick it over to uh, our resident RFP queen, Nicole. Hello, um, everyone. Okay, I'm glitching right now. So I, then we're going to keep this. Hi. <laughs> Also known as RFP Queen, in almost 17 years, January will be 17 years of bid management, proposal management, and sales operations experience. Um, I currently am a founder of a tool that I designed specifically for proposal managers uh, called the Proposal Manager Planner. And I am a consultant in the proposal management space, focusing specifically on cybersecurity firms. If you need to buy cybersecurity and you don't know where to go, like you have a stack, you don't know what to do with it, I'm your girl to build out an RP. Um, and if you are in cybersecurity and you need to increase your logos and or retain your customers through the proposal process, I am the one to yeah, enter the courts. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you with me today and I'm so glad that you're with today. So Nora has brought some really salient points for us to talk about today. Um, just with regards to the industry and with like with regards to our own personal experiences. And I'm super excited to learn more about what our perspectives are. So Nora, why don't you take it away? Tell us what we're talking about today. Absolutely. So I was kind of noodling on this and there were three things that kind of kept coming back to me, right? So the first is software. Um, I think it's no secret that there's a lot of software, new software coming out. I think I could probably name five before OpenAI came out, and now we're just mm -hmm. seeing it explode, and I'm super excited for that. I um, I was looking up some statistics and doing some reading this morning and uh, realized that apparently the software market for proposals back in 2021 was valued at 178.93 million USD. It's projected to grow to 550.91 million by 2027, which is, what, three years away when this airs? So. Yeah. That's a that's a big increase, yeah. right? Um, so I just think that that's really cool. And there's some industry leaders, right? So North America is kind of leading that market, followed by Europe, Asia Pacific, South America, and, and then the Middle East and Africa. So that's certainly one. Um, the second thing would be credentialing. I don't think I've ever seen certifications and micro certifications and uh, kind of like all these new things coming out ever before um, a certain industry got started up. I believe they call it Pi, 
I don't know if anybody's <laughs> heard of it. It stands for Proposal Industry Experts. Uh, in my opinion, that community is truly, truly driving innovation in this industry. And the big boys are trying to catch up, right? That's at least what I've seen on LinkedIn and all those things. The third thing, salaries. Um, I Everybody that I know has leveled up their salary game in the last couple of years. I think we're only going to see that go up, even though, um, you know, we're still seeing men who make up a smaller percentage of the field make more than non-men. I see that as as changing, and I think it's going to change really, really fast. So those are my top three things uh, that I kind of have been thinking about for 2024. So does anybody, do, do either of you have anything to add to that? Let me add, jump in on the conversation about technology and software. Um, Let's just say one-man shop or multi-person team, if you don't have a content or response management system, you are selling yourself very short. Every single task that is repeatable can be automated. And all of your good content that you're obtaining through your subject matter experts when you're responding to RFPs, especially because in the all likelihood, you're going to be answering the same questions over and over again. You might need a quarterly refresh, a semi-annual refresh, or at worst, an annual refresh, but a refresh will have to happen. And where you house all of that data and how you then populate it into your proposal responses will greatly impact the productivity and capability of your teams. So it, it's at this point in time, if you have not been able to make an, uh, a solid um, use case or business case to your upper management, um, or you are in upper management and you haven't had this tool implementation conversation yet, it is absolutely going to be imperative for your capability, your ability to succeed, respond better, respond faster, and respond to more um, um, proposals. At the end of the day, we know that the teams that win the most respond the most. Not to everything, they just respond to highly qualified bids. So take your good content, that great answer that you got from your SME, and then all of a sudden you can't find it. You don't know what proposal it was it was put into. You don't know what com customer it went to. You need a tool to help you minimize the impact of those lost of, the, of those gaps and just you know make the lives of your team a lot easier, a, a lot better, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna pop in here on this on this on this. Um software conversation as well. Um, Nicole has a lot of really great points. And I'm so glad that somebody with such experience and knowledge and expertise in our field is really advocating for technology. Nicole's been leading the way for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm really glad that your voice is, your voice is um, adding to this conversation, both in our space here and online. So if Nicole's, Nicole's leading the charge in a lot of these ways on LinkedIn, if you're not already following her there. Um, what I do want to say is that I have a list sitting in front of me right now of about 10 AI-based proposal management systems that have emerged in the last six months. I am bullish on a couple of them. Um, there's one that just came out that I have, I'm super interested in uh, that's called Gov, GovSpend AI. Oh, what is it? Uh, sorry, two seconds. <laughs> I've got it on my list here. Anyways. I think I know what you're talking about. I think somebody reached out to me from them actually on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's, but it's more in the government space. Okay, let me let me tell you. Okay, here, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to give you the names. What I'm going to tell you is the differentiators you need to be looking for when you're buying AI technology right now. Okay, because a lot of these platforms are just fancy ways to interact with ChatGPT. It's just a pretty way, a pretty way to interact with ChatGPT. Okay, ChatGPT is twenty dollars a month. Uh, a, a, an enterprise license for some of these other systems is uh, 
20 times that much, right? Mm. So let's, when we're, when, we're, when we're buying the software, what I want to boil this down to is that, is that we need to look at actual differentiators in these systems and actually how well their machine learning models work, how well the systems help you organize content. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm not seeing much of a difference in a lot of these that are through the field. There are some that are offering boutique services that will help you actually get to a team review faster. We will be talking about those more in Pi over the next year. And we have some really great ideas about how to, how to help you understand the software market. But what I do want to say here is that it's a good time for you to proceed with caution if you are somebody who's on the market for new software because there are a lot of promises coming out and a lot of these systems aren't terribly well proven. Um, it's worth it for you to think about what the cost benefit looks like if you're switching off of a larger system. I do think that these AI systems have a lot to offer. And I do wanna give them about six more months before I personally invest in, in the technology just so that they can get up to speed. Over at Pi, what we're thinking about, there's two, there's two major topics. Number one is how do I manage my content in the world of an AI repository, right? Nicole talking about these softwares that have been existing in the past where there's Q&A system pairs. You're, you're using a different, a different unit of measure like as the fundamental element for the information management. So how does comply or how does how does content management look different if you're using an AI system versus something like a Lupio or a responsive or an ombud, right? Second thing we're thinking about is how does compliance work in the age of AI? Can AI help me make sure all my boxes are checked, my forms are signed, right? So there's a lot of really exciting questions that are coming up around this. There are a lot of best practices that we can already share, but I just want to like communicate my optimism and my sincere joy at how, how we are going to have so much more efficiency in the next year, uh, thanks to these AI systems. So thank you for letting me pontificate on that. Uh, there's just a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and you know what, honestly, I, I hear, I think, I would say three different attitudes about AI. And I'm curious to get your input about this, right? One, if you're like me, super excited, right? Because my take is, okay, if you want to make it really, really basic and take it totally out of proposal, proposal management, you need to hang a towel rack in your bathroom. This may or may not be a real use case in my life right now. Um, you need to hang your bed. You don't, you can use a regular level wall level right but you probably have to hold it or maybe you need like a two-person job right to get it level but what did i do i just ordered a 138 dollar self-leveling level that came with <laughs> you know a tripod and all of those things both of them do the same job one makes my life much much easier i can quick set it up and it's handling all of those tasks that is how i view ai it is a fancy tool mm -hmm. but it's a drill you know what I mean? Like you can drill something in, you, you can screw a screwdriver uh, in with a screwdriver, you can use a DeWalt. It's the same thing. So if anybody's, so so that thing is like, okay, you're excited, you get this new tool. The other people that I've heard on the other, opposite end of the spectrum don't see it that way. They see AI as like scary. Well, I've never used a drill before. I don't know how to change out the battery, like those kind of things. And they're like terrified of it, right? And then the third perspective I typically hear is dismissal. People either are a little bit dismissive of what it can do, um, don't think it's quite there yet, maybe don't realize how advanced it's gotten, haven't played with themselves. So those are kind of the three things I hear. And I'm I'm hoping that more people get on board with the this is just a fancy tool type of thing, because if they don't, and if people, to your points, don't continue to evaluate softwares, don't continue to get demos of new softwares that incorporate this, your proposal shop will be behind mm -hmm. in six months. Well, and not only that, also, it's imperative upon us as industry participants to give our 
impressions and to give our feedback because what's going to happen is that these decisions are going to be made without us if we don't get involved now. And yeah. we, as, as people who are want to be represented in this space, need to claim that seat at the table right now. Nicole, I know you're doing that in a lot of ways. Um, and, I, and, I, and I admire the way that you're making that happen. And so I think it's really important that we get into those rooms because otherwise the software is going to be here and people are going to force it upon us and we're not going to have any choice and, it's going to, and it won't meet our needs. And then also too, your build out. The person who's going to, who understands how to build it out is the person who's going to interact with it the most. So having the conversation over here while you're over here with your head down in a bed, because chances are your head is down in a bed, is not going to end up being, you're going to end up then getting into the system and saying, well, why is this over here and not connected to that over there? When that is how we typically would integrate these two. The other part is who are the people who are going to be most invested? Who are your stakeholders? You, who are the people who are going to have to um, utilize the system the most outside of the bid team? If it's it's not just we know that bidding is a collaborative process. We have to um, we have to acknowledge that there are other people who are going to want to have input or who are going to have to end up utilizing this tool in 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 the future who are not a part of the bid team but are integral to building out your responses. So making sure that it really is a um, a uh, a team effort as you know we if you move through the process of implementing your tool is going to be key. The other thing that I need to address really quickly on this subject is the the topic of cyber. I have to privacy, understanding oh, yeah. where the data is housed, who has access to it, whether or not you can get an enterprise license if it will integrate well with the, your existing cyber stack, how the logs will feed from that particular tool into, if you have one, please have one, a SIM solution and or your firewalls and or every other integral piece of your cyber stack um, so that you are getting accurate alerts and the data is not being siphoned off on the back end. You've got to know what the code looks like, who owns the code, where is the code? Like, all of this stuff is like is so key because if there is a backdoor built into the product that you're not aware of and your data is leaking out this port that you had no idea even existed, then it's hitting the web. And all of your proprietary company information, your secret sauce is going along with it because we all know that proposal managers have access to every single level of the organization. There is, there are, there are proposals is one of the few um, teams or operations in a company that's not siloed to just itself, where sales might just be sales, ops, depending on what kind of ops it is, could just be ops, finance, finance, HR, HR. But we in proposals have to have access and knowledge of every single aspect of the business in order to respond well to bids. And so with that in mind, knowing where the data is going and what all the codes are, who has access, ensuring that you can have admin access, read, write only access um, from both from the, the product manufacturer side, as well as from who's in-house is going to be so key to maintaining your data privacy and your security and keeping your enterprise completely safe. My drop. <laughs> like 100%, that was all of it. Yep. You need to know how to buy software. Go to Nicole. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to collaborate. Get some get some guides together. Yeah, 
the amount of time that I've been in the industry, I mean, it's like, what was I doing? <laughs> it's amazing. It's great yeah. information. All right. Anything else about software? Because I'd say my last piece of advice is just evaluate it regularly and often. Get demos. Get demos of software. Somebody pings you on LinkedIn, offers you a demo, take it. You don't have to buy the software, but it will give you an idea of what software can do that's different than the software you're using. Yeah. It might be worth a change. So if you don't have one, get one. Even if you so evaluate work. often, don't have one, get one. That's 2024, that's right? It. That's, that's it. Great advice I love for 2024. it. And beyond. Okay. Credentialing. Now I'm super excited to talk about this one because to my knowledge, when I, I actually don't know if anyone else had this, maybe any of our listeners, I didn't learn what APMP was until well after I got into proposals. Um, I had never heard of the organization until 2021, probably. Um, yes, I think, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think it was the same time for me too. Yeah, was, so, yeah, so as far as I knew, there was like the APMP certification and you could get a PMP certification, like technical writing, you know, those kind of things. But in terms of industry certifications, not much, mm -hmm. right? Then, like I said, this weird little, you know, pie. I don't know if anybody heard of it. It's kind of amazing. Comes along and starts pushing the industry forward. And now all of a sudden, we're seeing micro certifications through pie. APMP is leveling up their game. They're offering micro certifications. Shape, mm -hmm. you know, so like these big name players are coming in and starting to offer all these things, which is just truly pushing our industry forward, which is super exciting. So if anybody doesn't know about APMP, go to their website, find them. If anybody doesn't know about pie, go to their website and find them. Get as much information as you can about these things because the more micro certifications you have under your belt, you know, the, the, the more well-rounded you're definitely going to be. Um, and also there's this amazing brand new certification for our industry called APPE and it's for prompt engineering. So if you have not played around with ChatGPT or any of these other AI tools, you can go on over, I believe, what Pi, I'm, I should just uh, advertise for Pi on here, you but Pi offers a, a a discount with, with Promptly. So you can go yeah. in there and you can get your APPE certification. I think we are going to see that certification become pretty ubiquitous. Like I think it's going to be people getting either their micro certifications and their APMP cert if they want to get certified and their APPE. Like I think those are going to be the two big ones just from my perspective. But the beautiful thing about our industry is you don't need a certification to survive, right? right. They're just out there. They're new tools and new resources for all of us if we want to. Um, and so I think just in general, I'm seeing a leveling up of credentialing and skill sets and different ways for us to show that we know what we're doing. Because we we know, right? If the proof is in the pudding, we're winning bids, we're getting shortlisted, we're getting the table, right? The credential is just like the little secret sauce on top of like, okay, yeah, you validated that. And with free micro certifications, amazing, amazing. Yeah, what I want to say on this really quick is that the nature of our work is shifting. Right. We're, back in the day, 30 years ago, when Shipley and APMP and all these folks started building the foundational levels of these certifications, our jobs really had to do more with writing than they did with anything else. Right. Or, and project management. Um, what I want to say, what I'm, I'm particularly interested in making sure that people are, are knowledgeable about is three, three topics right now. Of course, AI. Of course. Of course. Right. Um, that's just a given. Second is that I want to make sure that people understand how to do knowledge management. So how, instead of being writers, in a lot of situations now, we're more like librarians, we, right? We polish content or we're like, we're like the final finishing touch, right? 
but the most important skill in a lot of ways is being able to put your hand on the right piece of content. So how do you manage? How do you manage knowledge? And then the third piece I want to say here, and we talk about this with some frequency, is business acumen. With the way that the economy is trending with um, uh, recession, uh, interest rates fluctuating, right? You have to be able to understand the business case behind actually bidding. And the only way to get ahead is through business acumen. So I, this is why I want to push, like the Appy is fantastic for your boots on the ground type of activities. I would also say, if you have the opportunity to build business acumen, this is the year. Because things are gonna get spicy in the proposal space. People are trying to replace us with computers, right? If you don't have, the, and and again, Nora and Nicole both have this, which is why that they have this staying power in their in their industry as well. If you don't have the business acumen, you're not, you're going to be vulnerable. So those are those are what I'm considering right now. Is Pi offering any micro certifications in business acumen? We do have a Lean Six Sigma. I would consider Lean Six Sigma process improvement. Thank you, Nora. Very thank you very much. I should use this opportunity to tell you about that. Uh, business acumen is top of our mind, right? Um, we do have we do have some credentials around Lean Six Sigma process improvement. We do have a lot also around how to be a good manager. Some of which Nicole has actually contributed to, um, and that's going to be a topic that we are going to be really focusing on over the next year in our conferences and in our ongoing communications. You know, we talk a lot about burnout. We talk a lot about how to do basic uh, proposal management tasks. But when it comes to leveling up your career, you've got to understand what it, uh, debt and profit ratios are. Like you've got to understand a balance sheet, right? You've got to understand a PL. So so how do we get how do we get there? Yeah, definitely something that we're thinking about. For sure. And I and I love it. And I I oh sorry, go ahead. Propose sorry Nora. I was just gonna say no. say it with me, you know, not necessarily. This is for the audience. <laughs> proposal managers are revenue generators. We help to generate revenue. We technically sell on paper. This is what we do. And at the basic, most basic level, that is what it is. It's you're not an administrator, you're not your sales reps EA, you're not your you're 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 not the the go fetch lunch girl person, you're you're not the uh, minute and note taker only. Granted, you are going to take notes in minutes, but that's more for your edification than it is and for distribution to the team so that you can stay on task and keep everyone on the same page not necessarily in a diminishing, and that is not to diminish anyone who does those things. It's just to ensure that we maintain the core functionality of what the role is. It's to support revenue generation through the selling cycle. That's it. So ensuring that you understand these types of concepts and don't allow yourself to be pigeonholed into something or even start to see yourself as less of a, con a contributor than what you actually are to the success of the organization, to your department, to your team, um, you have to grasp hold of that and, and hang on with, wrap yourself around it, bind yourself to it <laughs> so that you know that you know that you know that that's what you are and you operate from that space. And I to know. your point, that I think directly feeds into increasing your salary right? Because the yes. more tactical skill, like, I think when you first start out, proposals are about tactical skills, right? Are you a good writer? Can you can you harvest your content, right? It's it's very, very tactical. But as you continue to, to grow, right, it becomes much, all of those things, you can do it, but it becomes more much more about strategy. Do you understand 
how to ghost your competition, right? Do you understand if, if you, if you're a company that offers something and you have no discriminators, you have nothing. If, if your competitors can make all the same claims, you need to be able to figure out as a proposal manager, how to write a compelling narrative that's going to set you apart. And those are skills that come with time and to Rin's point come with business acumen. Um, so when you do that, you can increase your salary. I, I, I think that I have seen a lot of just kind of in my peripheral as I'm seeing these like proposal manager jobs come up as we're seeing salaries being disclosed. I'm seeing much higher numbers than I was three years ago, for sure. And um, in, I think, two years, I've more than been able to, no, three years, I've been able to more than double my salary from what I was getting That's initially as, as a proposal manager with, I'd say four, through four years under my experience. Um, and it's because I was able to work with folks who not only understood the tactical part, but understood the strategy piece of it and take that with me into my other roles. You know, I was able to get those things recognized by people. Um, and so I went from this place of where I was making like decent money to making much, much better money because I, I had leveled up my skills. And I, I think that that is going to be something that hopefully we see across the board between the new softwares that are coming out and people learning to use those skills and their niche skills, right? And uh, and also these new credentialing opportunities that we have. I'm a little, uh, Nora, I'm a little up, less optimistic than you are in, in, in for, coming from tech. That's right? fair. I just want to say, I want to say that, and I think Nicole, you might share this perspective as well. Uh, we've been through three rounds of layoffs at my day job right now. Um, I think maybe salaries are going up for those of us who survive. I think there are a lot of people who aren't surviving layoffs, though. And I'm really curious. This is where I'm not sure. And I would love to hear what everybody else has to say. I'm not sure what government spending is going to look like over the next couple of years. If interest rates, if we go into a recession, government spending drops, proposals become less relevant, right? Like, what are the knock-on effects of some of those conversations? I'm hearing those in our tech space right now. Um, I think maybe salaries rise, but fewer people are employed in the industry, so maybe it comes out as a wash. And I'm not, I don't want to say that that's what's going to happen, but I do think that I see this drive for efficiency that seems pretty ruthless in some cases. And so wages have been stagnant for us for like the last year. We're like a lot of the companies I know, nobody's getting raises, nobody's getting bonuses. Like it's just we're all sucking it up and dealing with that, right? Um, so what does that mean for everybody in the proposal space? I'm really curious. Um, and I wonder how on a global scale, what that's going to look like also, not just in the U.S. I don't so know, do Nicole, what your thoughts are. Or Sorry, go ahead. No, no. I was just curious. So is your company focused more on government selling? Yeah, we sell to, to SLED, um, state local education, right? Yeah. And that's so interesting because I used to be government and then I've now flipped over into um, a much more public. Occasionally we do, but most of my proposals are private, sorry, private industry. And um from this perspective, from a lot of the private industry side, I'm seeing more more jobs. I think our com the company I work for just hired eight people for our proposal department. Wow. Um, yeah. And so um, to your point, I think that there may be less people, but I think on the public side or private side, it, it might not be as bad. And maybe that's why my perspective is a little bit different. It's actually both existing at the same exact time. So Fair enough. And it is it really is actually industry industry based in tech it's been a slaughterhouse mm. <laughs> it, it, the streets are, are are running red um it is the red wedding and um oh. so in that perspective okay so ooh, yeah so in that perspective there's also 
the need for the ability to communicate value. If you're walking around this space, as I just said, without the knowledge and the ability to communicate that you are more than just X, Y, Z, whatever pigeonhole that you're being pushed into, you may not survive a round of layoffs. They may think, oh, you know what? Joe and the team over here in marketing or sales can work on the bids if you're in a one person team or if you are one of the more salary salary people, oh, you know, anyone can do this. So we'll let the junior person run with it, right? So, so there's that. Um, Industry-wise and also regionally as well, because salaries in Canada are not rising as fast as salaries for proposal people in the U.S. The U.S. blows, and it's the size of the market is is astronomical and compared to the size of the Canadian market and the amount of businesses that you can interact with, um, and actually gain business from through proposal response. But what is going to also be key to that, I think, as well is if you're able to enter the U.S. market as a proposal manager, regardless of wherever you're based, you're committed to being a global service provider as a proposal manager. You're committed to understand the rules and regulations of each area of the global economy because we are no longer, it's no longer about selling to your neighbor or selling to the, the state or province down the street. Now, you, in order to be a real player in the globe, in the economy, you have to be in a global in a position to sell and operate globally. You just have to be. Um, and as a proposal manager, you have to be able to understand that UAE regulations are not gonna be the same as UK regulations, which are not gonna be the same as EMEA regulations, which is not necessarily gonna be the same as North American regulations. Um, specialization is going to be key for sure, because the more niche, the, I, I have a saying that I like to say, that the riches are in the niches. And the more specialized you are, it's going to certainly help. It's going to certainly help you because you have a very keen understanding and intimate knowledge of the industry in which you're selling in, in and to, right? Um, but if you can get into those larger markets and especially the emerging markets as well, emerging markets, we're going to see a massive shift in where dollars are spent and who's buying, where the money is being spent, and who's trying to sell to. So these emerging markets like Africa, your, uh, India, um, certain aspects of China, China's already a massive um, a massive global, um, global power in terms of the size of its economy, right? But nonetheless, being able to get into these areas, into these regions and being able to sell within these regions from a technical aspect is going to greatly enhance your chances of increasing your, of increasing your certification. You know what's so interesting about that? My my experience has been almost dead opposite. The more varied my skill set, the more varied. The more, I've worked in a ridiculous amount of industries. I feel like for for what I've done, but I was able to bring the proposal management skills that I had across mm -hmm. industry, right? Because you manage a proposal end to end the same way across industry. So my success has actually come from my resume showing that I can learn this industry and succeed and this industry and succeed and this industry and succeed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's such a, it, it, it's such a good point about, it depends on where you're located, right? I'm US based. I have worked on UK proposals and in proposals, you know, um, in the, uh, what it was EMEA, So Europe, the Middle East and Africa and things like that. 
but right now I'm, I'm mostly selling in here in the States, right? So that's huge. And so I would be so interested to get comments from our listeners across, because we have what, I think what, it's definitely more than 19 countries right now. So I would love to hear from our listener base, right? What is the state of proposals as you see it where you are, right? Are you seeing the same things we are for software and credentialing and salaries and things like that? You know, these types of things. I, I, want to hear from all of you dm me i don't care if i get a thousand dms on linkedin i want to hear from everybody you know what i mean um because i think that it's it's such a crazy thing in proposals and i don't think i hear this in other industries that you can have such a wildly different experience doing the same job yeah um, absolutely I, I don't know of any other industry that is like that and this is so cool project management, project management because we're, we're fair play cousins, yeah first cousins yeah. um but I definitely, just like you, Nora, I was from toilets to well, not cleaning, commercial cleaning, commercial painting, promotional products, hardwood flooring, to in, then into cybersecurity, where I've been for almost the last 10 years. So it, but finding a home that for an industry that I like, you have a passion for, definitely changes how you approach your bid, how you're approaching the bid process, how you approach sure. go-to-market strategies and stuff like that. So I'm, yes, like for sure, varied um, industry experience is not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. But if you can capitalize and take that and dial in to something that you can then really build your business acumen, build certifications around, build um, your prompt engineering around because if you're able to tell a specific story in a very specific way, then you become the subject matter expert, which you already are as a proposal manager. But now you take that proposal management SME experience and you double down on it and add specific industry experience and staying on the cusp of that. It cannot hurt. It no, cannot hurt. not at all. Yeah. And then it allows you to pivot, right? It allows you to pivot because it's not like you didn't already have these five, six, three, four, two, one other industries that you were able to learn and be successful in. There's always a way forward and a way back. Absolutely. The way Nicole summarized that is probably a really great point for us to end on. I don't, right? I think that's that, like, you, you just tied it up. You tied it up super nicely. Um, all about how, I, I think I think the key that I've heard from you there is that we don't want to lose momentum. Um, this is not the time to take your foot off the gas. This is not the time to stop learning or to get comfortable. And I hate saying that stuff uh, because there, yeah, you can learn inside your comfort zone, but like push yourself a little bit this year because there's a lot of really good stuff that's coming, that's coming, that's going to make your life easier. That's going to make this industry more exciting. That's going to be a gratifying way to live your life as a proposal manager and no, really everything's fine is with you here every step along the way. Uh, any closing remarks, Nora, uh, before we, before we head out for the I think so. Uh, this, I think, is going to be our our year of sales. We're going to have a lot of sales folks on. That's what you can expect from us. You know, we're kind of bringing it as as the start of the the start of twenty twenty four, and we're going to stay with you on that roller coaster ride, no matter <laughs> how high the highs or how low the lows. We're in the dumpster with you, and we are going to bring some seriously powerful sales folks and industry knowledge uh, to you this year, giving you more actionable insights, uh, you know, just like we usually we have for the past two seasons. Same thing for season three. I can't believe three seasons, y'all. Can you? Three seasons, 4,600 downloads and counting. 20 countries and counting and our listeners and, and, you know, all of our listeners have made that possible. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
It's incredible. It's been a wonderful then, two years. Yeah. yeah and what? <laughs> this is you get to see our faces. Yes. This is, see our beautiful see our, our our beautiful faces indeed um well this has been a really great retrospective and look forward uh don't don't hesitate follow us on any location where you can find podcasts we are available on all major platforms streaming platforms we also love hearing from you and we have a linkedin page you can go join us on no really everything's fine podcast over on linkedin you can find me nora and nicole easily on linkedin as well we're happy to field your questions comments words of wisdom because we want you to be successful so uh, enjoy your time in the dumpster. We are, we're climbing right down there with you and we can't wait to hear from you moving forward. Enjoy. Thanks.